Welcome to Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. The Church of 1122 is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're praying this message helps you deepen your relationship with Him. Now let's dive in. All right, everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Deepen Podcast. My name is Jonathan Minky. I'm here with Pastor Ryan Britt and, of course, Pastor Joby Martin. Welcome, gentlemen. We are doing this uh, special recording as we're heading into the saturated season. So we're going to talk all things saturated, all things fasting and praying and preparing our hearts for what the Lord's going to do. So I'm excited to dive in. Start off, Pastor Joby, tell us how we got to a thing called saturated church 1122. Yeah, man, I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So many people say saturate, and I just want to correct her so bad. It's like saturated. You should correct Saturated. You should. Um, well, one of the things we talk about a lot, especially me and Pastor Ryan, is the problem with adult discipleship is adults quit going to camp. Mm-hmm. That had a lot to do with it. How do you recreate that kind of experience? Because uh, an hour and a half on a Sunday morning just ain't enough, mm-hmm. right? Like it, you, you can shake it off a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, not theologically speaking, but you know what I mean. So what would it look like for just a bunch of nights in a row for us to just get saturated in the Word of God, the presence of God? So it's like adult camp. That's mm-hmm. part of it. Another thing is I was in a meeting, actually, with a bunch of young pastors back when I was one of those, of big churches, Mm -hmm. and Rick Warren was in the meeting as like a mentor, kind of a been there, done that guy, and we were learning from him, and he said something that I completely disagreed with. He said, you can't create momentum. And, And he was talking about like what Christmas and Easter is for the church, and I thought, I don't think that's right. Think about, like, um, Valentine's Day. That's a man-made momentum, and even if you don't into it, you have to respond to it around this table or you're in trouble, right? And so in the life of the natural rhythms of the church, we all know, because we've been doing this a long time, a bunch of people start resetting their fall schedule around school. Mm -hmm. So there was some built-in momentum because people are back from summer vacation and all that. Attendance goes up. Most preachers think it's, oh, I'm... I'm getting really good now, and God's mm-hmm. blessing my my teaching. It's really just school's back. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how do we just drive a stake in the ground and claim this for the Lord mm-hmm. and have something in the summer to aim to and then come off of going towards Christmas? Mm-hmm. And then a big part of the way I used to run student ministry 100 years ago when I did it is we had four big events throughout the year in the life of our student ministry, and we were all aiming toward it and coming off of it. And I've just kind of moved that over to what we do. Mm-hmm. So it's Christmas, Easter, beach baptism, and saturated. And then, I mean, the Bible says, man, when you lift up Jesus, he will draw all men and women unto himself. Mm-hmm. Though how can we go wrong there? So it's not, I mean, we just make much of Jesus, and we know that he's into that, and uh, he's blessed it like crazy. Yeah. Why, so this is a weird question. Why saturated as like the image you know, water and, you know, what, what led you to that, you think? Well, when I first started casting the idea to our crew, I was like, I don't want to call it a revival, though I want us in our mind to be thinking revival. Because mm-hmm. I just don't, how do you presume upon the Lord when that is going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? But, but I do want us to position ourselves ready for that kind of supernatural revival. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean revival in the <laughs> sense of like Azusa, the kind of like, I, I, I'm just talking about, to just, um, I don't know, you know, like you go on a, a good vacation with your wife. Mm. You're not any more married to her, but it just 
is better, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want that kind of shot in the arm for our relationship with the Lord. But again, I didn't want to declare this thing to be a revival. Mm-hmm. I think theologically and ecclesiologically, revival has definitions that, mm-hmm. again, my biggest hang-up is presuming, like, God, <laughs> yeah. second week of September, first week of September, we would like to get on your schedule to revive us. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. putting ourselves under the faucet was the original language I used with the team. Mm-hmm. and I, But I was saying, but I can't turn the water on. Only the Lord can turn on the water. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do as a church is we're just going to put ourselves under the rain cloud or under the faucet mm-hmm. and pray like crazy. He just turns the water on. And then, so that's kind of what led to the, that that analogy as I was trying to explain what we were doing. Somebody said, what about saturated? And I thought, man, that's great. Mm. Like being like the Spirit of God pouring over us, the Word of God pouring over us, songs to God pouring over us, and like just filling us up to the brim. Mm. Pastor Britt, say a little something about what's the more traditional definition of revival. Yeah, revival, you know, the last, you know, 100 years, call it 200 years, was vastly rooted in evangelism. It was like you had an itinerant preacher, uh, the Wesley brothers, when they hit the shores of South Georgia, you know, all the way to Billy Sunday in the, in the you know, mid-1900s. And Billy Graham would probably be the most well-known of the last 30 years, um, 40 years. You know, he's preaching to full arenas in Russia and all over America. And, and these were known as revivals and churches would do revivals as well. And what they would, it was like a uh, carved out time where gospel preachers were going to come that had a gift of evangelism and they were going to just provide a very clear gospel presentation. And it was kind of like what at our church, we talk about bring your one more, bring your one more, bring, you know, when we say bring your one more Mm -hmm. that that week there will be a very clear presentation of an, an opportunity to respond into salvation and so that was really where revivals, uh, I think, is people who have been around church a minute may think about when it's revival. Pastor Joby's talking about it a little, little bit different and, and more of a reviving than I would say a revival. It's like, I want my heart to beat faster for Jesus. Like, I want the places where, like, like I think of it in terms of, like, uh, vas- your vascular system spiritually. It's like some people have really good circulation, and some people have poor circulation and they're like feet are cold all the time or their hands are cold all the time. And spiritually that can happen. Hmm. You know, that your hands and your feet start getting a little cold. The circulation hmm. just slows down and, you know, you you start heading toward lukewarm a little bit. And if you don't intentionally put yourself under the faucet, if you don't intentionally put yourself in an environment that stirs your affections for the Lord, that's the camp. That's the spirit of camp. Right. It's the those spiritually intense environments that you choose to put yourself in and to prepare for and to be ready for that the reviving mm-hmm. of those parts of you that where things have grown stale or cold is a significant part of saturated. A lot of times in churches, um, even in big churches, and it's and it's good and it's great, no problem. We focus a ton of energy on practices. Like next steps and next steps and next steps and next steps and do this and read read that and practice do these practices and that's great man it produces fruits a huge part of it following Jesus but then there's like the affections side of it and if it's all practices and never just affections mm-hmm. then like what's fueling the practice other than duty mm-hmm. and just you know what I mean and so saturated really is about 
affections. It's like, even if I don't feel like it today, we as a church have just decided today I'm pouring it out on the feet of Jesus. Right. I'm just going, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm busy and I got things and we just all year we're like, that's, we know that week's coming, you know, through your summer, you know, you send your kids back to school, work, things start ramping back up, whatever, in your natural rhythms. Mm-hmm. You're coming off Labor Day, and for sure, there's a hundred things that are going to pop up saturated week that you weren't planning on that would be like, uh, well, I'm I'm just get distracted or, you know, mm-hmm. you're, but the, the we've just pre-decided as a church that that's the week. We're gonna we're gonna get our affections all juiced up for Jesus and do our best, yeah. regardless of how we feel, to point everything we've got at Him. You know. Yeah, and as revivals roared through, and, and when I say revival, I mean like the uh, scheduled tent revival kind of thing yeah. began to roar through, particularly the United States South. There became what modern church historians now will call revivalism, and they're using that as a negative term. Mm-hmm that there was a heavy play on emotion. There were manipulative kind of preaching. There was um, evangelists that were just trying to convince people that they're not saved so that you can get people to raise their hands to Mm -hmm. consider themselves saved, you know, preaching a lot of doubt and condemnation, that kind of thing. And (laughs) that's obviously not what we're trying to do. We People need an encounter with the living God. Mm -hmm. One of the things that shocked me about COVID. Um, the gathering for us is paramount at 11.22. We know this. The three of us know this. We work on this stuff all the time, right? It matters like crazy. It was shocking to me the number of like of pastors that downplayed how important it is to get together and read the Bible and preach and pray the prayers and sing the songs, man. I mean, they were like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Meeting on the weekends is not the church. I get what they're saying, but they were... They were acting like what you do on a weekend is just like Christian karaoke in a TED Talk. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, part of the reason we cranked it back up so soon yeah. as compared to many is because it mattered. Like, I don't have words to describe how important it is in eternity and today mm-hmm. for the church to get together, to sing your face off to him, to open his word, to preach. Man, that's what the church fathers called the thin place. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a gap between heaven and earth, and this is why Jesus is like on earth as it is in heaven. And these kind of gospel-centered worship experiences where the body of Christ gets together and Jesus promised he'd be in there with mm-hmm. us in a different way than he's like with us right now. Mm-hmm. It's the thin place, man, where miracles happen and mm-hmm. addictions are broken and marriages are saved and souls mm-hmm. get ripped out of the kingdom of darkness and planted firmly into the kingdom of light. Yeah. And for I was astounded at the number of like um, church growth model kind of churches that were that just they just downplay the importance. And so saturated part of what it is for us as a church is like this matters so much we can't even explain it. Like we're we're re- rearranging our entire fall around this event, yeah. and for sure everything's going to come up, you know. Yeah. And you should do everything you can to be there. Yeah. The the revivalism thing. I don't know that I've ever heard. I haven't heard what you're talking about with the negative thing, but it does uh, to me. I, I've heard it talked about preaching for a response. That's the very maybe the, maybe the bottom shelf thing uh, because prior to these revivalist preachers we're talking about, it was like, hey, let's just get through the traditional order of service, right. and not try to 
actually have a response that people can engage with. And so uh, that's very much in line with how we do church. It's like, hey, we're trying to we're trying to create an environment where people can respond in that moment to what God is is telling them to do. Um, so why why do we prepare for that week through prayer and fasting? Good. Well, one, th- there's two parts there. So why prepare, and then let's talk prayer and fasting. Yep. Because <clears throat> we're not ready. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not ready. One of the things that I think about, JP plays football. He plays for Providence, go Stallions, Friday nights, come with an amazing regularity. Mm-hmm. And they all know what to do. They do. They're all in shape. You can't get in shape in 45 minutes. But, dude, Coach Mo has them show up. They don't even go home. After school, you're just there. You stay at school. You remember this from mm-hmm. back in the day. Oh, yeah. Because, dude, when those lights turn on and that whistle blows and that first kick happens, if you just went from, like, English class and then went home and played Nintendo and then showed up in time to get ready, mm. you would get smoked. Mm. There is this – every every high school football coach knows this, and I'm sure it's true for every sport. Man, there is this um, kind of heart, soul, mind, and strength process. There's mm. there, Like, they eat together. They do a, uh, like a chaplain service together. They go over the skull session of what they're going to do. There's this extended warm-up, you know. I knew you were going to ask this question, so I was just thinking about it. That's what, for us, 21 days of prayer and fasting, that's what that is. Like, we know kickoff is at 7 p.m., and we're about to go to war, and we need we, we got to make sure we are good and warm between here and there, mm-hmm. like heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what the preparation is. How much do you think we tend to, like, leave on the table through a lack of preparation coming into, I mean, even just weekly church? I think I think it happens all. I think it, a ton is the yeah. answer. I think we there, there's a ton that we leave on the table, and God's good. Yeah. And regardless of our preparation, He'll still meet us. He'll still speak to us. He'll still, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but man, it's the secrets of the secret place, right? It's like there's some things that that Jesus says. You do these things in secret, and the Father will reward you. That's right. In secret, you know, and. Um, and the the reward of the father, which is the father, mm-hmm. is is the thing that you're you're preparing for in the secret place. You know what I mean? Like, so the, you'd say, are, so you're, are you preparing for the reward? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, I'm preparing for the reward, mm-hmm. and uh, because I want the father, like I want, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's the promise of John 15, abide me, I'll abide in you, you know, and a part of what prayer and fasting is, is you're going to prune away some stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, a part of the reason that God moves so powerfully in the life of the individual is because of all the things you are not doing for all of those nights. Mm-hmm. You know what you're not doing? Wasting time watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. You're just not, you know, that mindless kind of I'm not anti-Netflix, but for four days, five days, man, it's just mm-hmm. your intake is completely different. Yeah. And so, of course, your soul would be revived. Yeah. It's funny. One of the weekends where you asked me to to preach, this was a handful of weeks back, and I get done, and I'm standing out in the lobby, and I'm shaking hands, and there's this group of teenagers standing there, and there was one of them that – wanted to come and talk to me. It felt a little bit like his friends were like, you should go talk to him. So he comes up and he's like, I have some questions. I'm like, cool, man. You know, so we're standing there talking. He's like, "Um, heaven, we're just going to stand around singing and talking the whole time. 
you know, like kind of like what we did today. And I was like, oh, there's going to be a lot of worship. Like the whole thing will be worship. And that a part of that is singing, right? So I'm trying to like understand his, his question. And he's like, I just don't get it, man. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. It's going to be boring. And I, and I looked at him and I was being nice, but I was like, do you love Jesus? And he was like, I don't really know how to answer that question. I go, well, then none of it's going to make sense. Right. right. If you don't love Jesus, right. then it does not, doesn't make sense. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, so let's just cut down to the, to the, bra- the brass tacks. Does that make sense? Um, and even then I love my wife. I love her, but like we're, if we're going on vacation together, if we're an anniversary is coming, a birthday is coming. Um, I want to have a meaningful conversation with my wife Then I have to choose the time to do that. I have to think about the questions beforehand. I have to consider the temperature of our life at any given moment to, is that the right time to engage? I I have to prepare in order to know and to love my wife well and to receive the fact that she loves me. Like there's preparation that happens in there. Now there's times for sure where just kind of like a moment of grace and it's great. Praise God, no prep. But I firmly believe that those times of prep actually make those times of like grace or feel unprepped. They come more and more the more time you spend prepping. You know what I mean? So It's statistically true as well that anticipation increases enjoyment. You actually get better enjoyment of things. You know, you'll enjoy the Lord better when you start thinking, man, in three weeks, we're going to just spend this amazing time. It, you will have a more joy about that moment as opposed to just walking right in. It's amazing to me when I, I, I want to hear the Lord speak and I make the room for him to do so, mm-hmm. what happens? Yeah. Think about it like this. Man, you're a dad. So what do you do if your daughters come and say, Dad, I really want to talk to you? Or even more, can you imagine if one of your little girls were like, Dad, I really want to hear from you? You would be like, what is happening here? Yes, right? Okay, well, we have a good dad, man. Mm -hmm. There's some prayers he'll answer. Mm -hmm. I'll take it to another level. Just the other night, my wife, when it's bedtime, you know, they go to bed at different times, different ages, that kind of thing. My wife will just kind of hover around their rooms and around mm-hmm. the, the their their hallway. Mm-hmm. And I asked her the other night, I was like, you just kind of hanging around? And she was like, yeah, because I just don't ever know where the mo- when the moment's going to be that they're going to want to talk, mm-hmm. and I don't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. And she said it, and I was like, you pretty good mom, you know, you know, you know what I mean. But but that's how good our father is. Mm-hmm. That like, even though that we don't carve the time out mm-hmm. as as often as we would say we want to, or mm-hmm. he's always there. Because it, not just like when are you going to talk to me, mm-hmm. but just like I, mm-hmm. he's not waiting on us. Does that make sense? But at the same time, he's like he's available to us mm-hmm. eagerly. Totally. That's how he's chosen to posture himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So we commit as a church for these three weeks to spend extra time in prayer generally, because um, we're seeking the Lord. We're at, we're going to ask Him to to speak to us and to meet with us. And we open up our campuses. We're doing it this time in the mornings on Wednesdays, seven to eight, and then also twelve to one. So come in 
we've carved that space out for everybody to come and sit and do that praying. And and then fasting. I was talking to a group uh, recently about fasting, and somebody asked this question: Why do you think fasting is is food in the Bible? Like, why do you think it was like, hey, don't eat food? Because we're so dependent on food. Mm. I mean, it is telling the flesh no. Mm. It is a like God built us in such a way that at least we feel like we can live on bread alone. Yeah. And so to tell that no, to tell him yes. I mean, there's just not a more core desire in the human condition mm-hmm. than feeling hungry and and feeling like you need to do something about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I said, I have mixed feelings about the other kinds of fasts that people do. I mean, I don't, they're I, not fasts. Right. <laughs> uh, it's an abstaining it's, it's for abstaining. a purpose, but it's right. different than the biblical prescription of fasting for sure. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And those things are good. I mean, and, oh, totally. And rightly do it. I mean, before we started, we were talking about some social media, man. I currently don't have any of it on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, but that that isn't a biblical fast. That is a, I'm just going to take a thing out of my life. That's a little uh, so, Hebrews. I'm just going to cast all some stuff that so yeah. easily entangles. Right. It's not, it's not necessarily a, it's not in the sin category, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to get into the sin category. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I'm wiping that off for a little while. I think. F- Food has so much emotion attached to it. No question. <laughs> I think that's why. I think this is so much part of nat- natural creation, mm. heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that, like your heart, soul, mind, and strengths, health, dependency, um, you know, the, the way you f- feel at any, any given time is mm. so connected mm. to food. Yeah. And this gets way out of balance, you know, where people just can get addicted to food. I mean, I eat Chick-fil-A for me, you know what I mean? Like, I think about it. How many points do you have? Many. I think about it at all kinds of weird times. And <laughs> I didn't I, even know the head points on that. Well, 46,000 is where I am. I said, what is, I said, is that good? <laughs> but you are blessed to be He blessing. doesn't even like Chick-fil-A, but he'll go with me what? sometimes. But he doesn't like it. I think I mean, he likes carrots, and he's like no, half a vegan. No, no, no. And uh, he's not that, but... Uh, he eats he eats healthy food. I eat other food, and that said, so food's very emotional. It's a very emotional thing. Look, you know, I heard a guy once argue. Uh, a therapist once say, um, "There's three base emotions: sad, mad, and glad." Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like me and Joby are going to the Jaguars game, and let's just say that there's a dog running across the the bridge on the way. There's three the way you would respond to that dog would be like some people look at it and be like oh no mm-hmm. that dog's out what's going to happen to the dog it makes me so sad somebody else would be like oh look it's a dog this how cute and then somebody else would be like where's the owner of the dog what's going on right and it's, they're all three looking at the same thing but their base emotions is one of these three things if that's true and I tend to believe that it is food when you get hungry you go to your base emotion quick call it hangry if your natural if your base emotion is anger uh-oh <laughs> you get hungry you go to anger right yeah if your cool. base emotion is sad if you get hungry you you get really like I feel sorry withdrawn yeah. you know that's fascinating and if your base emotion is glad when you get hungry you just immediately begin to think about the food that you are going to eat yeah and you start to go after it pretty quick <laughs> So I, and how I, happy it's going to make you when you eat it. <laughs> that was it's interesting. It is interesting that the thing that we're 
as emotionally connected to as anything, which is food, mm-hmm. is the thing that Jesus says, you can't live by that alone. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that he, he's like, he, he didn't say, there's a lot of things he could have chosen. He said, man cannot live by bread alone. Mm-hmm. And and that's a pretty interesting con- connection to fasting and why the abstain, there is something greater than food for all of your emotions. There's something greater. So how about this? Fasting in Bible times and fasting in modern times ain't even the same thing. We ain't talking about the same You know why? Refrigerators. When you're praying, give us our day, give us this day our daily bread, and then you're just going to willfully skip a day in a day that you're day-to-day, that's different, man. Mm-hmm. That the the amount of trust that you have to have in the Lord that you ain't gonna die, mm-hmm. and the other and and like we're fat, so like we're gonna be fine. We can mm-hmm. fast for many more days than what we do. Okay, I think it's closely aligns with how um, countercultural the Sabbath was for the Hebrew people. Here's an agricultural society; they've got to get they got to work every day. Everybody else does every day in order to survive. Mm-hmm. You know. And yet, one whole day a week, I mean, it's back to Chick-fil-A and the godly company that they are. When they started, man, they started in a mall. You know that? Are you old enough to know that? All the Chick-fil-A started in malls. Not the original one, but like that's how it pro- proliferated all over the Southeast. And they decided we're going to trust God with what he can do in six days, not what we can do in seven. And, you know, like when they get settled into the promised land and they're not plowing fields and they are not you know, harvesting their grain mm-hmm. seven days a week and only six. It is this ultimate form of trust. Mm-hmm. That's what fasting is for us. It's reminding us of that he is ultimately mm-hmm. our greatest need in our life. And so we're just going to trust him. But their level of trust, it is different. Yeah. For sure. You talk about, Pastor Joby, how the Bible's message is not just timely, it's timeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, not an old book, man. And the way that <clears throat> the, way that the Scriptures connect us to our body is very timely, you know, because of so many things happening in the world that are trying to just say your body doesn't matter or you're, you're, you can be separated somehow from your body. The two main things that I think of in the scripture are, you know, you, food, Jesus says, I am the bread. And then if you want to seek him, you fast and you, say, you trust him. And then they love not their lives even unto death, you know, mm-hmm. so you're willing to go through physical pain. And like, and there's no, they're not blinking an eye at like, you are a soul inside of a body and that matters. I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> One time, I think we were talking about, we were at home, it was at my house. And, um, you know, my wife's not a theologian or whatever, but man, she has some insight into mm-hmm. the scripture. We've seen it through the devos that she writes and stuff. Yes. And we were writing compassion letters to our kids and... Um, she just kind of stops, and she was like, you know, there's this one little thing that Jesus says. It's, um, he's talking to the woman at the well, and everybody goes to get some food. And when they come back, and they're like, have you had anything to eat? And Jesus says, i got food that you don't even know about. Okay. And then he, he never tells us what they're thinking. So Gretchen was praying that reality for our compassion kids. Mm-hmm. When, they, it, when and if they don't have enough to eat or their families, God, we pray that you would give them a food that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. There's something in there of like, yeah. God the Son is talking about God the Father's role in his life. And even when it physically doesn't make mm-hmm. sense, God yep. is gonna give me a thing that sustains me in a way that y'all just ran to town to get mm-hmm. sustenance from. Mm-hmm. How do you get to that point? Where I mean... 
we've all probably worked through a day and been like, I don't think I ate today, you know, or you've been too busy or whatever. But how do you get to the point where you're just like, no, I'm satisfied in the Lord so much that it's better than eating. Isn't it weird? Let's talk just brass tacks here. <laughs> I accidentally fast so many times, especially on Mondays. Yeah. Because <laughs> I get up real early, I get in the tree stand, if whatever happens. And then, sure enough, man, 5.30, I'm like, I don't think I've eaten. feel fine. Yeah. feel totally fine. Yeah. Okay? But I declare a fast this Tuesday morning, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. For sure. <laughs> you know, so... How much time has it been? Oh, 7.45. So and then the time changes, you know, especially yeah. like when we do it in the spring, and it gets, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's so... That lets you know how powerful and how carnal we are, yeah. like how fleshly we are. Because physiologically, there's no difference. Yeah. Back in my actual camp days... Me and uh, even guys that work here now, Pastor Bo, Pastor Justin Ireland works down at St. John's. We all kind of, we all knew each other doing camp. This was like college and post-college. This is how we all started in ministry was doing camp. And we would, uh, the camp that we worked for, we would bring over LDP students from Compassion International. And so LDP is like their highest levels. Like kids, uh, when they graduate from high school, they go into the university you used to, I don't know if you can still do this, but you used to sponsor, those, and it was more more in-depth. And um, so we would bring over LDP students and um, and for the summer, and they would travel around with us at all these camps that we were doing, and they would share about compassion and their experience and all that stuff. And one of the guys that came over and traveled with us, Dennis, I'll never forget him, he fasted every week, three days a week. Just that's how he he just every week and he didn't make a big deal about it. Never, either. never. Just three days a week, hmm. he just fasted, man. Hmm. That's just the way he lived his life. Yeah. So, and it's you know, I mean, he's some of what you're talking about, like first century living in Africa, growing up the way that he grew up. Bro. He grew up going many many weeks where there was more than three days where he didn't eat anything, not by choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, think but, about that. And he has access to Chick Fil A every day, and he, is here. Here, That's yeah, what I'm he saying. could have eaten anything he wanted. Any, we'd have got him anything he wanted anytime he wanted. And he's like, oh, I'd rather have the, I'd rather have the Lord. This is, you know, hmm. he would put himself in like he'd be really hungry, and he would like pin himself between like the bed and the dorm room and the wall of the of the the room. Like he would get crouched down and knelt over praying. And he, that's how he would posture himself as uncomfortable as he possibly could so that he wouldn't fall asleep or that he wouldn't, like, it was different, bro. Yeah. It was different. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you mentioned sometimes the different feeling of you go into a fast day and it's just all immediately hungry. What are some What are some personal challenges during fasting times for you guys? Mine is my schedule. Mm-hmm. Like what you know? Like I had these meetings planned with people for lunch, yeah. and it's it's easy for me to skip. It's, uh-huh. I I hate the like, you know, we go to a lunch meeting. I'm like, don't schedule. I shouldn't have any lunch meetings. Let's just meet on random times and yeah. not lunch because you yeah. sit down, especially with eleven twenty two, and they ain't fasting, and they order, and I'm like, oh, we're fasting today. I, I hate that. You know what I mean? It's water so like for me, please water. Yeah, <laughs> that's a challenge. Oh wait, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think a lot of it's just 
that is 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 schedule is challenge. It's for me when we during the saturated fast. It's like we have birthdays, both my girls' birthdays, Mm -hmm. both my, and so when we're doing the Daniel fast kind of thing, it's like right. It's that's a tough. It's a tough thing to apply. And then the really the hard part of it is the legalism side of it. Yeah. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm not doing the thing that we've committed to do. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, it feels like a double bond. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like a lose-lose <laughs> a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, especially. So, you've heard me talk about this before, man. Nothing will reveal like your real personality, like board games and fasting. Yeah. Like, you know who's the rule keeper, the rule bender, and the rule breaker with both of those. Yeah. And I am married to a girl, bro. If we say we are fasting, we're fasting, you know? Mm. And then, yeah, it's like my birthday. And I'm like, what are we going to eat, like vegan cake? Like, you know, come on, we'll just... And then we get into all this. I'm like, well, I'm like the Pope of 1122. I'll give us a dispensation. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so so you want to avoid that. I typically, and, you know, I'm going to try to lose a reward here, maybe just trying to, like, shepherd the flock. Mm-hmm. Even when we fast a day in for saturated like we're going to do sundown to sundown and that's what we're doing um i will pick a thing to abstain from during that season too mm-hmm. just for a, another thing to say no to mm-hmm. yeah um and, and i just think it's healthy yeah. increases your expectation and it's always an exercise and i'm not mastered by these things you know that Especially a thing that you find yourself saying, "Well, I could, I don't, I could stop that anytime I want." Mm-hmm. Like the people that drink alcohol or watch a lot of movies and Netflix or mindlessly scroll stuff, whatever it is. I'm not saying any of those are a sin in and of themselves. It is a good practice to just say, mm-hmm. "I'm not going to do that." Or it's also a good practice to maybe add some things like, "I'm going to go walk every day," or like if you're not exercising it at all. Mm-hmm. Think I would try to think about it heart, soul, mind, strength. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you have any like top Do's and don'ts for somebody new to fasting. Don't complain. Hmm. Your reward is over, man. I mean, yep. the you first thing... You shouldn't even talk about it at all. The first thing Jesus... I mean, he's like, right. He, he's like, listen, man. Don't look pitiful and complain wash, about wash it. Wash your face. He's like, wash your face all up and smile, okay? Don't post about how hard it is all over the internet. That is the That's the opposite of what you're trying to do, man. You just got your reward. And the reward is... I, congratulations. You you think you're awesome, you know? So don't do that. Don't get caught up in the legalism. Um, what God is calling you to do is between you and him. And you should not stand in judgment on what other people are, however they're deciding to do it. Yeah. Um, and specifically, if there's any kind of health concern whatsoever, check with your doctor, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, to answer your previous question, I had to think about it for a second, but this is part of the challenge for me is like, don't just be hungry, seek the Lord. Yeah, yes. And so the point of the hunger pains is to remind you that you need the Lord. Yeah. And so that instead of eating, pray. That's right. The time where you would eat. Yeah, you're you're carving out like your lunch hour. That's why we opened up the church. I would also say do show up to the hour of prayer. Yeah, if you can, for sure. Yeah, and that's why we're doing the morning and the lunch because we know people are at work and they have lunch meetings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you can't show up from 12 to 1, show up at the 7 o'clock hour and pray. And I know you can pray at your house. It's just different, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just different. The manifest presence of God shows up in our campuses. It's just I mean, it's kind of some holy ground stuff. We're not, we're not in the old covenant, but... 
show up to your local gathering place and pray. Do that. And do the fast. Yeah. And if you if you goof up at some point, cool, man. Just jump right back in, you know? Yeah. So many people talking about intermittent fasting. You know, that's not the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's not, the, not same the same thing. Don't Fat. diet. Right. This is not, not a, diet. a diet. The moment in your mind, the moment your mind slips to, oh, well, this is convenient because I've got a... I've got a class reunion in September, so I'm going to do this fast so I can drop a few. Well, neat. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with the Lord. You, there it goes, man. You just pun it on the whole. Like now you're trying to manipulate the Lord mm-hmm. and and try to get like double credit. Right. That ain't it. Or if you got somebody out there who's you know into fitness and they're upset about not hitting their, you can have the opposite problem. The the dieter like I'm not going to hit my protein level. I'm not. That used to be my, my biggest struggle. Yeah. Because I was competing in bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff and trained real heavy. And I was like, I can't, I must, I can't, I'm not going to not eat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'd like make up these other things to do. Yeah. So, all that was doing was me confessing, I have an idol in my life and I'm not willing to lay it down for however long we were doing it. Mm. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You're right. So, all you like fitness freaks that count every calorie, mm-hmm. first of all, how much, how fun is your life? <laughs> but yeah, man, lay that thing down. Mm. Lay it down. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, all of it comes back to, like, show, showing up, fasting, prepping. It all comes back to the, to the, to the question of what do you want, man? Mm. What do you want? And you want to meet with the Lord and be met by the Lord? You know? Do you want to be to the best of your ability, have your heart in the right place and your mind in the right place and be ready? Like, what do you want? You know, what do you want? You know, it's, and so it's like, well, I want a lot of things. Well, what do you want more? Hmm. And then just predeciding the answer to that question and doing it. Hmm. Yeah, and do hard things. So, like, if if just the way your body works, if <clears throat> if not eating a dinner, a breakfast, and a lunch, if you're like, well, that's not like no problem. Okay, then maybe you go two days, or maybe you do say no to something else, or maybe you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. The point is, is that your physical body is going to remind you mm. that you need Jesus. Mm. So whatever, so add some things to your fast if that's what you need to do for that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you have any marking memories around saturated or around fast that come to mind as you think about it? Um, I mean, I remember a bunch of saturated. It's part of part of what feels awesome for me. I mean, if I can just is um, from my seat, saturated feels like a gift to the church. Hmm. So I leverage I leverage what God has done through this place and my platform and the friends I have, and to get the best, literally some of the best preachers on the planet, and because of my relationship with them or because of who we are as a church, I get to invite them here. And I feel like I'm like presenting them to the mm-hmm. church and like, you're welcome. Yeah. Here you go. Better to give than receive. It's I like know. Exciting, right? I, I get so excited for that. You know, um, this year we've got three returners, but they're three of the best preachers on the planet, man. It's mm-hmm. Miss Matt Carter, JD Greer and Brian Loritz. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. If they if they were headlining a conference, that thing would be sold out in one second, and mm-hmm. they're coming to our church, you know. So that always feels kind of neat. Mm. 
Yeah, 2015. It may have been 2016. Ray Cortez preached at Saturated. It's the only time he's, he's preached. I had heard him preach at a different conference, and I sent the message to Joby, and I was like, Pastor, I'm just telling you, this one's different. He preaches on Romans Romans 1. The power of the gospel. Yeah. And imputed righteousness. Yeah. I've listened to that sermon more than any other sermon I've listened to ever in, and from the ones here. Like, hmm. it's almost like my... Uh, it's like my workout mixtape. <laughs> like yeah. if I want to get pumped and prepared, sometimes on like a Thursday, if I feel pretty good about the message, at about six o'clock, I just put it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a faith that comes from faith. Bro. That's what he preached on. And man, because if you believe the credit, if you really believe the credited righteousness of Jesus, mm-hmm. man, what are you, what is, what else is there? You know what I mean? And so that one, that's really like, and I knew I had heard it and wept at its response and like been really and so I knew what was gonna happen. Like I knew how it was gonna be responded to. So that was really cool to be like, just praise God for that moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think this might not be I get send your emails to to Jimmy Crack's corn, I guess, but September of twenty when we did it in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. We we had just come back. Right? Did we do it in 2020? We did. Yeah. So the whole world shuts down. Yeah. All it's just a whacked out time, man. Mm-hmm. And it was very disorienting for everybody. And we did saturated. It felt different because everything was different. And and we of course all the guidelines locally and all the stuff we were doing, all the things that we were told to do. No, we but it, to the best of our ability, <laughs> with and, permission uh, from the sheriff, it, with permission from the sheriff, and at the time. There was, but there's something about that 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 was a real turning point in our city and our church toward the direction where we are now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it's all connected, but that one was one that, you know, I remember there were preachers who came in from out of town that year that their churches still weren't meeting together again, and their mm-hmm. they were their states were had different regulations, and it was very just such a complicated time. And there's, and I remember preachers. I'm not gonna say their names because I don't embarrass them, but they're standing on the front row and had not gathered with God's people in a long time like that, Correct. and they almost couldn't collect themselves because they were just so overcome with emotion mm. at the power of what you were talking about earlier of just gathering and when please, you haven't. You and know? Please hear this comment in the right way because it's not a competition and all that kind of stuff. All of those guys, because I know the, that crew pretty well, they will tell me. They are lagging significantly behind us in like regaining the momentum they had pre-COVID. And a big part of it is because it was a time where we did not make decisions based on fear, but by faith that we knew that it was important for us to go. And so we did. And some guys in other places, because of all the things you said, didn't. And there is a marked difference today a couple of years later, three years later. God's so. good, man. He blesses his people. He does. Especially when you just show up to make much of him. He does. So those are two very marking moments. But I'm eager in my anticipation of this year. Mm-hmm. If you ask me that question again next year, I'm pretty sure I'm going to point to what God's going to do this year. Mm. It's, a real, it's a really special. It's a special week, man. And it's always busy for us as a team. You know, it's like long days. But it's like, it's so worth it. It's like you're just excited to get in. And to experience the church family gathered together and 
and making much of Jesus. It's awesome. Mm. So another thing that's, I mean, this is super insider talk. So not only do I feel like I'm giving our church a, a gift, a blessing. So pretty much after every night, I mean, most of these guys are like pretty good buddies at this point, or either some guy I look up to like crazy. And I just yeah. want to get them here. You know, yeah. there's a little bit of both. But I usually take those guys, a small group of us go to dinner mm-hmm. with those guys. And I also want to show off our church mm-hmm. to these preachers that I look up to so much. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I hope this, in the right sense of the way, man, I'm so proud. Mm-hmm. Not of what I've done at all, but I'm like boasting in the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, to the man, every dude that's ever preached here, they get to dinner and they're like, what just happened? I'm like, right? They're the, isn't that the best crew to preach in front of you've mm-hmm. ever seen in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. And people get saved, people get baptized, yeah. and like, I mean, yep. to the to the preacher. Yeah. And I'm talking about some seasoned veterans, you know? Yeah. H.B. Yeah. Charles comes out and is like, can I come back? I'm like, yep. Yeah. So I, I feel a little bit of that, too. Yeah. Can you now quote Deuteronomy to me, please? That's what I would <laughs> oh, ask. And he knows the Bible so well. Do, um, did he do uh, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread? Was that saturated? It was saturated. Bro, he preached a whole message just on bread. Mm. I thought, they're going to fire me and just bring him in. He was, he's in town. He won't have to move. But he's he, that's what they ought to do. Praise God for him. Yeah, he's amazing. Oh, man, I love it. Well, uh, we're going to kick off the preparation with elder-led prayer. It's uh, Tuesday the 15th, 6.30. It's going to be Fleming Island, Jessup, San Pablo online. Um, we've got some resources for anybody listening. If they want to know more about saturated or elder-led prayer or even fasting, there's a guy that's on coe22.com slash saturated. Uh, anything else? Any other exhortations or encouragements? That you would add, Pastor Joby, as we wrap it up. Just don't let it. Uh, Pastor Brett was talking about this when he was preparing for like an anniversary date or yeah. things like that. Man, you never just like accidentally stumble into an anniversary dinner with your wife and it goes well, right? Mm-hmm. The ones that go well are the ones that you prepare for. Mm-hmm. Don't let saturated catch you off guard. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It kind of goes back to that, you know, the embodiedness that we are, like. Sometimes we try to buck against that. It's kind of like the person who doesn't want to raise their hands, like, oh, that doesn't matter. I can raise my hands in my heart. It does. It's not. Nope. It's not. Your heart does not have hands. Right. And, and, and I don't care who it is or who argues, the things that matter to you, you get ready for. That's right. You know, and you're going to prioritize them. Yeah. Mm. I would say the sum of the parts, you know, the, the, if you just come one night, man, God will meet you there. Praise God. Mm-hmm. If you can only come one night, please. Mm-hmm. Right, but if you can come every night, mm-hmm. come. Yeah. And if you're listening, you don't even live in Florida, man. Come on down. Like, mm-hmm. there's actually I know a lot of folks are coming in from a lot of different states. Yeah, just we do for have saturated. many, many onlineers that take a week's vacation and come here. And it's quite honestly, if you live out of town, it's a great place to visit in September. Yeah. Right, it's, mm-hmm. you can stay at the beach and hang out during the day, and then be here at nice night. And warm. So yeah, and cool. I get it. I mean, if you like got kids, schedule things, and like you know, life's a thing. Life's a thing. It's still mm-hmm. going on. Um, man, rotate, like, you know, do whatever you can to make sure that you're able, you, you're able to come mm-hmm. and be there, be here as much as you can for the, the whole week, mm-hmm. because any one night alone is going to be great. But what God does over yeah. days mm-hmm. is just, man, there's a lot of purpose and meaning and, and, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a, mul- a multiplying effect. Cumulative too. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Is- 
And especially this year, I mean, the way we have, you know, these things, y'all know these things, but the way we have programmed, especially like the worship and some of the video elements are going to stack mm-hmm. up on each other day after day after day after day mm-hmm. um, with a, with like Acts 2 as a backdrop and what happens, you know, mm-hmm. throughout what's happening in Acts 2 as, as the spirit falls down and, mm-hmm. and people begin to be sent out. So it's, yeah, it, it'll have a, a cumulative effect if yeah. you just keep coming. Yeah. Well, Pastor Joe, we want you to pray and uh, pray for our church, pray for us. We all, I mean, nobody's exempt. We all want something during this season. Saturate us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Oh, Father, you're so good to us. Uh, Lord, we look with great anticipation. Um, Lord, I, I think about my friend John Tyson one time that said, uh, the Spirit shows up where he's wanted. And God, we, you are wanted in this place. Lord, I pray that you would go before us. You would begin to work out all the details and schedules and logistics and all those sorts of things. Lord, we pray against the schemes of the enemy that would begin to whisper all kind of crazy stuff in our heads or or even convince us that we don't need to be there. God, we need, what we need is not more information. We just need to be in your presence mm-hmm. as your people. Mm-hmm. So God, we pray that, that everything we do at Saturated, from the work that goes into it to the services themselves to all the preachers and their schedule and traveling and all that kind of stuff, mm. that it would all be a blessing to you. Would you remind us that mm. you always minister to us, but in this special time, may we minister to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> the end. You nailed it.